0: Alright everybody, welcome back. This is Jibs here from the Lore Seekers Podcast. Jibs and Cash, actually, from the Lore Seekers Podcast. And before we get started on this week's episode, on the whole new thing we're doing, Volume 2 of the Lore Seekers Podcast, we want to run a couple things by you to make sure you are prepared for this show so there's no confusion at all. If you are listening to this episode and you have not listened to last week's release, which was the announcement of Volume 2, stop this episode right now, go back and listen to that episode. It kind of gives you an overview of what's been taking place uh, between Volume 1 and Volume 2. It's a story that we've put together, a narrative that we have now added to the Lore Seekers podcast. So it's the same awesome show, everything you guys love. The only thing that has now been added is a a story narrative that's kind of just, underlying with the whole show as far as where we're progressing where we're going why why we are where we are so if you have not listened to the last it's only like 10 minutes it just kind of a little story update kind of gets you up to date with what's going on with the lore seekers go do that now if you have done that well then you are ready and that being said let's get started with the introduction the volume two of the lore seekers podcast Cash? After
1: reclaiming their lost relics from the clutches of Elker Bazram and his Abaz collectors, Cash and Jibs left the Unknown Traveler's Tavern on an expedition to parts unknown. The retaliation against Bazram had brought a heavy amount of heat to the smugglers, and the reliquary was earning some unexpected notoriety. Jibs and Cash made the decision to head into the wild until the situation cooled down. The recovered goods were transported to a more secure and undisclosed location where reliquary agents would have access to continue their import and export dealings. Some considered the sudden disappearance of the two treasure hunters as an act of, an act of cowardice, but the reliquary's agents knew otherwise. They certainly knew jibs and cash were no cowards, as they puppeted a devastating retalii- retaliatory strike against those who wronged them and without remorse what's more they did it all from the shadows with the use of their attained assets and their surreptitious network of contacts they pulled off one of the most notorious recovery missions of their time and they did it against menacing opposition elker Basram, one of the most infamously savage smugglers in all of tamriel was delicately infiltrated and vengefully embarrassed it would certainly not go unchallenged. But the sudden disappearance of Jibs and Cash wasn't without reason, and it certainly wasn't an unforeseen circumstance. They had planned for this very occasion. As a matter of fact, they were anticipating its arrival. As hunters of long-lost relics and mysterious stories behind them, Jibs and Cash were always planning for their next adventure. Studying lore books, obtaining topographical maps of little-known regions, exploring cave systems and visiting with the residents indigenous to an area were always part of jibs and cash's travel plans what will the next series of adventures bring the lore seekers where exactly are they headed well that's not to be foretold at this point but join us each week as we check in with our fellow lore seekers from the untamed wilderness of tamriel one thing we know for sure is that we still have quite a tale to tell we find our treasure hunters just outside of the keep of the Unknown Traveler's Tavern, just north of Arentia in Reaper's March.
0: Well, my friend, we knew this day would come.
1: Yeah, I know. I just hoped it wouldn't come this quickly. All of our work here was all for nothing. No,
0: what do you mean nothing? Dude, look around. We did this. We have a fruitful business. We have loyal friends and on top of that we have more treasures and assets than we know what to do with
1: yeah and our hides we put our friends in harm's way in hughes you know that jibs
0: yeah i know we did but we know this now they're loyal and they are undoubtedly strong man and on top of that there are agents the reliquary bro true And I guess they
1: sure did put a wampin' on that fat old skeever, didn't they?
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, they sure did. All right, well, which direction we headed, my old friend? Well, remember how we started this whole thing all these many months ago?
1: Yeah. Pick a direction and head that way, see what kind of trouble we can get into?
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's start there. Let's head south. We got some adventure, my friend. Traveller, what do you know of this land? Do you wish to learn of its law? Come, <laughs> rest your weary feet and warm yourself by the fire. Let's share some mead, listen to tales of misadventure, and learn of Tamriel's rich history with the law seekers. <laughs> ah, here they are now. Jibs and cash. Did you hook me with ale?
1: Yeah, it's a little more of a homebrew this time. We don't have the luxury of the tavern anymore, but
0: you know. Oh man. Oh hey, look who's here. Welcome, Welcome traveler. Back. What is up, man? Oh, have a seat. Here, drinks cash. You can, can you hook him up with a drink? It's just you and I out here now. Nowadays, we're yep. not in the tavern at the moment. We're you know, on the run. <laughs> Hiding. Hook him <them> up. <laughs> here you go my friend well done well done well it's been a while and uh a lot's transpired since we were last here last on the air we're no longer in the tavern for those of you who are listening but uh before we get started cash it's been a couple weeks what have you been up to
1: it's been a busy couple weeks my brother um lots of stuff Life is flying right now. Just got a lot of things going on uh, outside of the game. I don't know if, well, I know you've seen the pictures, but uh, there's been some pictures posted on the Twitterverse of my new gaming space. So that's taken up a lot of my time just gutting out my home office and making sure everything's good to go. And I've got a whole new setup and whole new PC, and I'm loving it. So just finally, I had to skip a couple days of ESO, which to be honest with you, stung quite a bit, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, able to get back in the game a little bit today and get stuff caught up and I'm really looking forward to diving back in.
0: Mm, Yeah, man, I've been deep in the bowels of leveling during the past couple of weeks. Not only were we working on podcast stuff behind the scenes, getting this ready for everybody, but working on um i know when we weren't doing that we were gaming or whatever you doing your office stuff i was working on my templar got my healing templar for pve for our raids or secret skills running got that guy up to max so got that done can kind of feel like i can take a breath and go back to doing content and all that but uh it's been busy man
1: yeah, it's actually within the past couple of weeks, we have have also gotten back into trials mm-hmm. quite a bit. We're running twil- uh, trial, we're winning twios, We're winning chips. Jibs. Uh, <laughs> we jumped back into trials with um, Blood Eye from Lore Seekers Guild, and she has led us on successful trials every single week. Um, of course, we're starting small and then working our way up, but we did have two full clears of cloud rest this week on normal and it was a blast Mm -hmm. um just really cool to introduce that content to our to our guild and some folks who did not even have not really even jumped into trials yet as a matter of fact one of our longtime friends uh pip she was just kind of in chat at the time and we were looking for another dps so we asked her and she says well i don't know how good i'll be because i really haven't even played or haven't even really delved into dungeons yet she said i think i've ran like one dungeon so i said you know her cp's pretty high because she is she's a like massive pve or she goes through all the story content long story short we pulled her into trials and she loved it So now she's going in dungeons with us all the time, and now she's going to be part of our regular trials group every week, and she had a blast doing it. And I attribute that to the direction and instruction of our outstanding trials leader, Blood Eye.
0: I agree. I would not have it any other way. I wouldn't want to learn under someone. It's fantastic. It's literally the best raid experience I've ever had in my life. And I'm not just saying that because she's a lore seeker. We've been involved in other raids, other raid teams prior to this, and... I personally, best raid leader to learn under ever, hands down. Yep, I am so incredibly proud and thankful. But anyway, so that's what we've been up to. That being said, it gives me and Cash great joy and satisfaction to welcome all of you back and to Volume 2 of the Lore Seekers podcast. This is the first episode of volume two. We're so happy to be back. Things are a little bit different. Uh we are <laughs> we're not in the tavern at the moment. If you've been keeping up with our past uh I guess episodes that we released, we released a, a story, uh like a ten to eleven minute story uh, board, if you will, of kind of the things that transpired between volume one of the Lore Seekers, which is what we're calling the first eighteen episodes now. Volume One, the Tavern. That's what we were going to be referring that to, uh, referring to nowadays when we say Volume One is episodes one through eighteen. So, from Volume One to Volume Two, where we're at now, it's uh, a lot's transpired. We've done some it, different things. We got in trouble, and now we're here in the wilderness.
1: <laughs> exactly. So this is an attempt for us to bring you even more of Tamriel to your earbuds um and the reason we're doing this is just because we want we've always said that we want to make our podcast an experience for you yeah so and we've always had a little element of role play when we were in the tavern but we wanted to increase that just a little bit it's not going to be too much nope so although this episode is going to be a little bit rp heavy yeah, we had that intro. Because we that we, had to we added that. the yeah right, we added the bit in the intros just so everybody kind of understands. But there is going to be an underlying storyline that you'll be able to get to at the end of our regular episode. You're still going to get the same podcast as Jibs talked about earlier that we've always delivered. But at the end, if you choose to stick around, you can follow the storyline. And basically, we are bringing you into our adventures in Tamriel and a little bit of role play that we've kind of put together and written ourselves and we're having a really good time with it. You may like it, you may not, but you're still going to have the option to either speed through it or skip the end if you want. But we actually ran our guild members through the storyline, the things that transpired during those first 18 episodes. And if you Heard the story, you know why Jibs and I are kinda of on the run now. We've left the tavern and we are now in the wilderness. But um we hope you enjoy the story. If you don't, yeah, you can let us know about it. I'm sure we'll hear some folks that really aren't into the RP thing. But we want to make this a rich experience for all of our listeners, and we really hope you like it.
0: Agreed. Yeah. And to kinda of go off what Cash said, nothing's changing aside from we're adding a little bit more of a narrative. To what we're doing here. And like Cash said, you can catch that at the end of every episode. It'll always be there. And normally we're not no we're not going to have the intro that we had at the beginning. That was just kind of to bring you in to Volume 2, to kind of welcome you to what we're calling Volume 2, The Expedition, which is Cash and I out in the wilderness, various places. We're covering lore, different kinds of lore, this volume. We're excited about it. We've got all kinds of different things we're looking at covering. You guys have chimed in. If you are... I know there's people that create Twitter accounts just to talk with us on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, you should totally do it just to hang out. Because that's where we are constantly posting stuff in real time. When we can't put it out on a on an audio bit, we're posting stuff there. You guys put all kinds of input into what you want to see from Lore Seekers in Volume 2 here, as far as our lore lessons are concerned. So we got exciting things coming up in that department. And... To go off what Cash said, said, we never had an intention of keeping this the same show every time you come as far as the setting. We always want it to be immersive, different, fun, interactive, something that keeps you coming back because, yes, you come for the laughs and you come for the content, but also it's the experience, and we don't want to be a show that's stuck around for years And it's the same thing over and over again. No, we want to keep innovating, keep creating, keep pushing, trying new things, and having fun with it. And no, we're not done with taverns. We're not done with the tavern setting. Don't worry. I love taverns. Cash loves taverns. It's just right now, with our current state, we're hanging out here in the wilderness of good old Tamriel. So. (laughs) Right.
1: And you know, another thing, too, is that we have launched our YouTube channel, and uh, jibs and i will be populating that Mm -hmm. channel with content for you so go over there and and take a look at the stuff that we already have on there we're going to be increasing the uh, load of visual content for you guys to take a look at as well
0: exactly yeah there's i i'm waiting on a couple things to come together and i'm going to start really working hard on videos i know cash has been doing that with all his work on the narrative and stuff it's fantastic if you haven't yeah, had a chance to sit down and, and, and listen, it's really, really well done. So go check that out. Cash did an awesome job. But um, anyway, that being said, all of that, <laughs> we have one heck of a show for you guys this week. So welcome again to Volume 2, Episode 1 of the Lore Seekers Podcast. Uh, this week on the show, we are going... Now, there was a lot of news that was released in the time that we were kind of off we were away building preparing for this uh, volume 2 of the show and so there's there was stuff from crown store showcases which normally you know we'll go over on the show but this week we're not doing that so that's there too the July showcase it's out and about all kinds of stuff but this week on the show what we're going to be covering is an article we felt uh, it was released, I feel like, the 7th, I believe, but it was worth us bringing it back into the show to kind of get you all caught up. I know some of you who listen to this podcast, you're always, like, for instance, I, we got an email the other day, somebody who's a trucker, and they listen to this show while they're out on the road, and the only time they get to game was when they're, you know, when they're home. So they may not be able to be on the net that much. So we really want to cover this for you to make sure you are informed so this week on the show we're going to be going over the wolf hunter and update 19 preview which includes the cha- really good changes coming or i guess introductions of new features to the game on top of that we're-, <laughs> we're also going to be going over the new article posted this week uh march sacrifices preview the dungeon for uh, the new dlc wolf hunter and if you've listened to this show for any amount of time You know we are big proponents, big proponents, very big, we're not the only ones, Bethesda slash ZeniMax, I know you're listening, for necromancers in Elder Scrolls Online, particularly class. How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) So we are bringing a, and I'm not exaggerating, a massive lore lesson on necromancy in Elder Scrolls Online. And on top of that, all kinds of other goodies, but uh, you know, um, you know. Normally, I'd I'd be used to a, an angry Nord, but you know, it's 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 just you and I out here, and and the the stranger who's joined us for the evening. So, uh, I guess I, I, I actually, I, I you know, I was in town, the town we visited. What was it a couple of days ago? As soon as we left our our old estate, if you will, and uh, I got some town crier messages here. Uh, I got actually got some news. So this is, I know it's a little different, but this, this is how we're getting our news from now on, on the freaking move. So let me, let me, hang on a minute, let me get my pack. All right, uh, hear you, hear you, right? I mean, come on, we all hear that when we go to towns? Uh, oh, all right, so news for this week. Let's just jump right into this. Um, this is coming to us from ESO's official site, the Wolf Hunter and Update 19 Preview. And we're also mixing this in with this article because it kind of relates, or it does relate, so it just kind of blends together. Is the Wolf Hunter March of Sacrifices preview? Same thing, official ESO website. So let's go over this stuff. So uh, we've got the Wolf Hunter DLC game pack. It's going to be free for all ESO Plus members and available Yay! for purchase from the in game crown store as well. Um, this new DLC game pack challenges teams with two exciting werewolf-themed dungeons: the March of Sacrifices and Moon Hunter Keep. Now, Cash, I know this has been—you know—this announcement came out, a, a, you know, a week and a half ago. But for us, this is the first time we're covering it, so we got quite a bit here. Uh, let's see the dungeons. Let's start here. So, for those of you who don't know, maybe you missed it, or maybe you just want to hear us say it. We got two dungeons coming. We got one. The March of Sacrifices, and two, we have the Moon Hunter Keep. Now, the I'm sure they're going to be putting together a preview for Moon Hunter Keep, um, so we don't have that right now, but we will definitely be covering that in the future. I'm that sure things, it's going
1: to be on PTS, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're posting all kinds of stuff for PTS. Because, yeah, by the way, PTS is out for, you know, Wolf Hunter, so that that's there, too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, March of Sacrifices, you and your... Now, mind you folks, before we jump into this this whole news section, it's a lot. There's a lot of details. Just buckle up. we got a lot of stuff to go over. Let's just ride this wave and see, uh, see where it takes us. So, March of Sacrifices, you and your team must escape her scene's hunting grounds, a place of perpetual conflict between predator and prey, by participating in his dangerous game, the, quote great hunt your target is a powerful indrick did i say that right indrick yep nailed okay. it sweet i'm one for one in volume two uh your rewards are a boon from the daedric prince himself but we are not the only hunters competing to win hercene's favor and you will quickly discover quote that many have been invited to participate be warned, as you stalk and fight your way through this extra nor- extraordinary daedric realm, you might find that you yourselves are the ones being hunted.
1: So if you paid attention during Lord Lesson 16 and you weren't passed out drunk, you will remember that we covered her scene <laughs> and Ugh. his werebeasts, and part of that discussion topic was... Herzing's Hunt. Mm-hmm. And how Hercene's Hunt takes place on his Daedric plane. Right. Now, also, if you played Elder Scrolls 3, Morrowind, you'll remember the Blood Moon DLC was basically Herzene's hunt. So that is exactly what we're getting to do in more of a condensed version. And Listening to this, um, of course, when we when we did the Lord lesson, we went through all of the the signs of the blood moon prophecy. And remember that um, this event happens once every thousand years when Herseen himself enters the plane of mortals, releases his beasts upon the land, and then there's the four signs that precede the blood moon prophecy. Right. Yeah. We man, don't have man. to go through all of them, but okay, real quickly, real quickly, just because. I like you guys. The Coming of the Hounds. Mm -hmm. So, when the werewolves appear on the island of Solstein. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fire from the Eye of Glass, which is a pillar of fire that appears on the surface of the frozen Lake Fjalding. Mm -hmm. Then, The Tide of Woe, the Massacre of Horkers. It's terrible. (laughs)
0: <laughs> They're just trying
1: to live, but it happens. The carcasses of numerous horkers will wash up along the island's northern coastline. Uh-huh. And then there's the blood moon. The final sign of the coming of the blood moon prophecy, when the moon of Secunda turns a crimson red from the blood of the hunter's prey. Mm-hmm. So once all of the four signs have been witnessed, once all of these planets align, the hunter's game begins which may vary from era to era, but this is our era, the second era in ESO. And I can't wait to see how this whole thing evolves. Now, I know it only happens once every thousand years, but judging how you and I do dungeons is probably going to happen at least once or twice a day (laughs) for the next few months. Yeah, Cause this sounds with the details that you're saying, Jibs, this sounds like a really interesting DLC.
0: Yeah. The, 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 this dungeon is cool. you got got Herseen who's literally staring at you, watching your every move. He's looking over the whole dungeon area. The whole time you're in here, he's watching you, which is kind of unnerving. Uh, awesome. And it's like talking. Yeah.
1: There's like... Thing, it, it sounds like and I think you're going to talk about it, but it sounds like they're adding in some audio cues as well to where it seems like you're being hunted.
0: Yeah. There are audio cues and boss fights. This is... This is not your normal dungeon. They're really kind of pushing the envelope here. And uh, let's go over this here. There are other teams competing in the event and will do anything to win Hercing's favor. We know that. And they can be just as dangerous as any of the hunting grounds native creatures. Now, I'm pretty confident that's going to just be groups of NPCs. But but humor me here. How? Shut up. Don't say it. Do you remember in Legion... I don't mean to break lore here, but in the introduction to World of Warcraft's Legion, how you did the introductory quest, and depending on what faction you were, you saw two sides of the battle while seeing real players on the other side of this canyon. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, pretty vividly. How cool would it be to have other players in there with you as well instanced inside with their own dungeon groups that are also fighting for the same thing
1: they would be insane
0: right really
1: really really cool but unfortunately i doubt it but yeah, that yeah. Would be freaking mind-blowing
0: i know it's gonna be it's all but 100 percent. my mind's gonna be npcs but i just man i was putting up the show notes today and i'm just like oh gosh wouldn't that be cool That would just be awesome in so many ways. Uh, So, anyway, there's that. Uh, This dungeon, the March of Sacrifices, actually has five different bosses. Uh, These will include everything from witches, spriggans, and more. So, there is that. Uh, One of the bosses you will face, the target of your hunt, which we talked a little bit about earlier, is the Great Endric Tarsier. Now... I believe you have seen images, or we have seen images of Tarsier at one time, but here we are again. Uh, looks like a. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to throw this out here. It looks like a deer of some sort with massive antlers, and it's all white. So we are hunting this thing, and the cool thing about this, Mike Finnegan, uh, ESO's dungeon lead, says, quote. As her scene is the Daedric Prince of Hunters and Stalkers in the wild, the biggest element players will want to get used to in this dungeon is using stealth and taking on the role of a hunter. So they're really trying to capture that whole hunter aspect and mindset in this dungeon.
1: Oh my S- god.
0: Some fights Seriously?
1: Will- <laughs> awesome.
0: Some fights will require the use of mechanics not necessarily seen before. In particular, Tarsir is quite different than anything we've done, and I I suspect, my goodness, it will challenge players quite a bit. So here's first thoughts going in. Now, just like Somerset, we're not talking PTS, we're not on the PTS, we wait until it's released, because then we get to experience it along with you that being said we're a little bit blind to maybe what players are experiencing right now so that being said i wonder if it involves mechanics on having to stealth at certain times or something that revolves around stalking
1: it sounds like that's exactly what it is and this that whole last blurb from mike finnegan that you mentioned and by the way i at one point in my life, I want to buy beers for that guy. <laughs> no, he just seems like a super cool guy to hang out with. So there's that. And that's not me, man, stalking. That's just high five, bro. Knuckles. Um, the way that you read that out. Um, some fights will require use of mechanics not necessarily seen before. Taking on stealth, the role of a hunter. That whole paragraph equals... Wipes. That's what that equals to me. Right off the bat, until you figure out these mechanics and get them down, and like, okay, one to stealth, one not to stealth. And how good they are at adding in new mechanics with the new DLCs. I mean, we've played through every DLC. Yeah. And the mechanics are very different in a lot of them. There's very few just plain old tank and spank bosses anymore. Yeah. And if you don't understand what a tank and spank is, it's basically just a tank gets aggro of the boss, and everybody just puts a beat down on him and that's it. There's not a whole lot of um mechanics to it. Very few of those of any of the bosses that we've seen lately have been just pure tank and spank, besides like many bosses that are just pain in the butts before you get to the real boss. There's been some pretty innovative stuff coming out with mechanics. And right. Like my the latest thing is the latest trial. The Cloud Rest trial, there are some really <laughs> cool yeah, mechanics in that in those fights. Yeah. That's really so bad. as the DLCs go on, these mechanics get better and now they're introducing stealth into one. Come yeah. on, dude. Yeah. It's gonna be so
0: good. Yeah. I love their innovation with these dungeons. It's and uh, I think where it really hit me personally, because I you know, when this show first started, I had just came back to the game two weeks prior. Like, not even kidding you. So, my first real DLC experience, you know, with new innovative dungeons for me was, was Scale Collar. Scale Collar Peak. And I still think, bar none, that's one of the uh, it, most ruthless dungeons that you will go through. Especially if you've never done it before and it's your first time. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Let me tell you, those mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Entry raid-level mechanics. We talked about that in Volume 1 a lot. It's just hard. And so I love seeing the innovation that they're coming up with these in these new DLCs. They're constantly changing things, constantly pushing the envelope. And really, it's... its I love it, man. Like, nothing is, seems repetitive here. Everything seems new. And that's great. It
1: does. and And it's not only... They don't only add in like some incredible replayability. I mean, how many dungeons are there now? We got to count all these up at some point. Yeah, but there's tons of replayability in this game because they constantly add material, and it, that's what you and I have already talked about. This I get, I get over games really easily once I've kind of yeah. gotten through the content yep. and stuff. I'm like, okay, get, I'm right. done. This yeah. game has really held me, and it's because of this there's a constant stream of new stuff coming out.
0: Yeah. There it's a very special time for Elder Scrolls in general. If you've played MMOs, then you will know the struggles of of newly launched MMOs. The content is there's a, there's content but it's not as expansive as a an MMO that's been in it for 4 years. And that's exactly where ESO is right now. It's been in in the MMO space for so long now it's getting this content that's just building up and building up and building up and i saw an article um what was it? i believe i want to say MassivelyOP.com. i may have been pc gamer but it was around the fact that there is no better time to play elder scrolls online there's no better time to jump in because this game it's content it's so incredibly special to see this and, to be, a, and you know, to be able to be a part of it and cover it. That's great, too, but it, it's awesome to experience it in-game. So, um, Moving on here, the final boss of this whole thing... I'm probably going to butcher this. I posted it on Twitter, what was it, like, a couple of days ago on the uh, Lore Secrets feed. Belorg? Belor? Belorg. Uh, yeah, Balorg. yeah Balorg. that org. He's an orc werewolf champion of Vicosa, which is from the Moonhunter keep. Uh Varicosa. Look- yeah, that one. <laughs> I see what you did. I see what you did. Dude,
1: an orc werewolf champion. Really?
0: As if they That's... weren't already ugly enough. Right. Well, it's it I
1: mean that just goes to show her scenes were beasts. An yeah. orc transformed into a werewolf. Yeah yeah terrifying, and I'll we're talking about this and we're talking about this while we're out in the sticks.
0: You know, I hadn't really thought about that till just now. that's kind of making me a little uh you know unnerved,
1: <laughs> yeah, I want you to tone it down just a little bit because I'm puckering up right now,
0: okay, <laughs> so anyway, Belorg, he will do anything to win her favor so long story short, he sounds like one of the dudes is trying to uh win this whole hunt. And uh, so as the dungeon's final boss, we got to confront him. Finnegan says, quote, Belorg uses his hunting skills to stalk players during the fight. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we use the combination of visual and audio cues to really heighten the anticipation and anxiety of being the prey. Dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how they pull this off. Yeah. I sounds do.
0: Sounds so cool. Well done. Sounds cool. Really, really cool. Um, so there are some awesome rewards that are tied to March of Sacrifices. Uh, one, which if you're kind of a collector, you know, if you're a big homebody, I guess, if you will, in Elder Scrolls Online, uh, we're getting a new trophy and a bust for completing the dungeon on both normal and veteran mode. So that's awesome. Uh, yep. This one I like. If you're a collector of personalities, I'm kind of trying to get into it when it doesn't break my crown bank. <laughs> uh there is a new bestial personality. So when you complete the march of sacrifices at its hardest difficulty, you will get
1: yeah, that. Yeah, I'll probably never see that.
0: I'm going for it, man. I want to do it. That's that's my okay, goal. For so, this DLC.
1: Okay, so my goal with the scale collar DLC was the uh, worm cult personality or worm okay. wizard personality. How's that going? It's not going well. <laughs> dude vet hard mode last boss or complete the dungeon and vet last boss on hard mode
0: it's i did that with uh i think it was one of the entry dungeons i think it was spend no what was it banished cells of one or two i forget yeah. which and i did the yeah. hard mode not knowing what i had done or what i had said yeah fine let's do it dude
1: yeah, so if you're out there and you're not sure what this uh, normal mode versus veteran mode versus hard mode is, normal dungeons are just normal dungeons. You know, they're, mm-hmm. it's going to be the lowest difficulty level. And trust me, there are still some significantly formidable dungeons out there on normal mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mazatoon. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> um, and then it scales up on veteran. And then once you get to the end of a veteran, I'm pretty sure it's just the last boss, but the last boss on veteran, you can click, you can choose to read a scroll basically at the entry of the dungeon. And that puts that last boss on hard mode, which it's is legit. even more difficult than veteran, yeah. but that's where you're going to get all of these major rewards. Like in this one, you get the bestial personality. Yeah. Um, So, you know, for me, I think I have a pretty strong character. I have a pretty decent CP. But even at that, Scale collar on vet, hard mode, that's some of the hardest content in the game. So I I like it that the stuff is locked behind that. But, you know, for a casual player like me, I just finished Maelstrom on normal. Grats, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But... You know, so I don't know if I'll ever see content like that, but that's what makes the game so great. Is that you have to, you got to really commit the time.
0: Yeah, and it, it's kind of like um, there are other MMOs that really put an emphasis on dungeon runs, whether it's you know based off your time and you get on leaderboards, et cetera, or, or you're just competing. They're adding various levels to difficulty as far as dungeon is concerned. And I think that they are definitely doing that in ESO with the hard modes. I love that because, you, you know, you don't have to, to dive into raiding, even though we are. You can totally just do the dungeon runs with a core group of people that, you know, they are your dungeon group and just try to push towards doing hard mode in these dungeons. And that is a legitimate achievement. I mean, that is yeah. not easy. And that's just, to be able to achieve that, <laughs> man, that's that's, to me, that's right up there with almost with, I mean, just successive rating because it's so incredibly difficult. So, yep. hats off to those people. So, yeah, you get a new personality. Uh, we also get this Werewolf Behemoth Sigil Memento. And this is earned by completing, quote, the Great Endric Hunt Achievement. Long story short, from what I'm gathering, um, we, something about transforming from a werewolf? Werewolf transformation? I'd, yep, and I, that, that
1: that's probably that's probably on normal. You will get that as your achievement for completing it on normal mode.
0: It'd make the most sense. It's typically where that stuff's uh, behind as far as difficulty settings. Uh, we are here's the big thing for those of you who love gear, and we all do, right? We're getting three new gear sets, and they talked about one of these here that I I'm glad they they included this. This is the light uh, gear set. This is oh, I'm going to butcher this. Hey, news. Hanus? I don't know. Compassion light set. You know it. You're laughing and you know it. There's <laughs>
1: I'm you laughing because yeah, I can feel it's volume the nervousness.
0: Two. It's volume can, two and you're still doing this to
1: me. I can feel the nervousness in your voice.
0: It's a four letter word. It's really hard, though. Just who, sound it out. Who names their child this? Ha, Hey, I see this as hey, news. Like Jesus, except hey, news. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Hanu's Compassion light set.
0: Yeah, that one.
1: Look it up. It's awesome looking.
0: It is. Uh, kind of looks like her scene, actually, the whole headpiece particularly. Uh, but anyway, it gives you and anybody you resurrect a powerful buff, helping you both get back into the fight. And uh, They actually gave us a little, uh, a little bit of a uh, picture here so we can go over this. Two pieces is going to give you magical recovery. We don't know how much yet, by the way but we're just going to be listing what it does give you, the stat bonus. Three pieces gives you uh, maximum magicka. Four pieces is another magicka recovery. Five pieces is max magicka. And also, when you resurrect... This is the part we were talking about just a second ago. When you resurrect another player while in combat, you and the player gain major heroism for 15 seconds. And this grants you three ultimate every one point five seconds. Woo! Yep. That's hot.
1: That's going to be big for trials because if you get in a you know a, a wipe heavy trial, you know like um, the last boss in Asylum Sanctorium.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yes, that boss is, that's like Wipe Central. I, I won't necessarily say Wipe Central, but I'll say that's Death Central, where you're constant. you know, someone will get zapped, and you're constantly bringing your, your fellow uh, trial members up. This this could be a game changer with this yeah. gear.
0: Yeah, I look you forward know. to seeing how this affects builds as well. Right. Know, where it puts it on the uh, the level of desirability. So, yeah, you talked about how good this armor set looks. For those of you who are into outfit systems, particularly with RP and/or if you are into really making your race represent uh, represent your race with what you're wearing, then you're gonna be. If you're a Bosmer, you're gonna be right at home with this. Uh, oh yeah. This this is the ever, all these pieces. They're it's like it's not. I wouldn't say Nord, but it's it's very woodsy feeling. So you've got bones oh, yeah. and and just it looks like. Like, the the bow alone looks like it was just take, created by the animal itself. Like, they had skinned the it's animal. It's very
1: wood elf, like maybe yes. a mixture of uh, of wood elf or barbaric.
0: Yes. that. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. That's what I do. That's what <laughs> that's who I am. Have that's your that's back. I, do. I have your that's, back. That's what, <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, so, anyway, there is that. So, real quick, getting the ultimate, I guess, award would be this one right here. I want to do this. When completing March Sacrifices on Veteran Difficulty, you can earn the Belorg Monster Mask. When coupled with its shoulders, this set buffs your weapon your weapon damage, excuse me, each time you trigger your ultimate ability, opening up your enemies for some ferocious burst damage. And they're saying quote perfect for the beast within.
1: Some pretty decent... A uh, couple of decent sets here. I'm sure there's going to be sets to to accent all different types of play styles, but I'm happy about this because I play a DPS character as my main, and specifically a light armor-wearing DPS character as my main. So, um, as you know, when somebody goes down, like using the Hanu's Compassion light set, somebody goes down, it's usually the DPS bringing them up. So, I like run around like Jojo the Circus Clown bringing up the dead in some of these trials and then you add this with the two piece um head and shoulder set to increase DPS every time you drop an ultimate. Yeah. Daddy likey. I,
0: I feel like this monster set is going to be perfect for Nightblades. The with burst damage like that? Oh when yeah. Already all about that. I I want to see what this does for Nightblades. It may do absolutely nothing. I haven't actually read the stats. I don't know any of it. I just know these effects. So I'm just saying by the That'd way, if
1: you're a Nightblade and you play PvP, I just want to throw this out there. I hate you.
0: <laughs> that is all. Oh, man, that's so funny. <laughs> when I'm practicing on those DPS bots, you're what I'm thinking about. <laughs> so we've also got uh, Moon Hunter Keep. Now, we don't have the whole preview like we did with... Um, M.O.S., but we got this here. Uh, it's an ancient werewolf of incredible power named Vycosa has captured Moon Hunter Keep and destroyed the Order of the Silver Dawn's garrison. Now, Vicosa draws more and more of Tamriel's werebeasts to her cause, and she has begun to amass a monstrous army. Man, that lore sounds cool. Yeah. You and your team must enter the once-proud headquarters of the Order battle your way through hordes of werebeasts and other monsters, make your way to the heart of the keep, and confront Vicosa herself before she threatens all of Tamriel. How about that, Lore?
1: That would be bad, Kai okay. <laughs> Go ahead and take her out, because she sounds okay. really bad, M'kay. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: uh yeah, Details. I, for- I like it. I do too. I love, when, it, whenever it all depends on the threat uh, conquering Tamriel, it's a good time. It's a good time. Dungeon details here. Both can we all we already know this about the previous, but uh, both can be completed on normal, veteran, and veteran hard mode. We are we do know there's new gear sets for both, new monster masks and unique collectibles. And uh, here's the fun thing: if you are a big, if you're like Jibs and you didn't mind watching Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman in it all those years ago, I freaking love that movie. Once you enter. Either of these two dungeons, you will receive the Werewolf Hunter hat, only available in the Wolf Hunter DLC game pack.
1: Yes, you looks like Van Helsing. look. Yeah, looks like Van Helsing. Looks very Solomon Kane-ish. Oh, good. Call. Um, and look at the armor in that picture.
0: <laughs> right, those vials. It's oh yes,
1: God. that is very vampire slash werewolf hunter type armor
0: I'm just gonna awesome tell you right looking. now yeah we're gonna you, you and I both know at some point when it comes to Halloween we're gonna have to host a massive event and we're gonna oh, cool. have to wear this stuff because it just looks so freaking cool don't worry about what I wear don't worry about what I wear. well I have to now it's only you and me out here in the freaking wilderness it's cold Nope. and I'm nervous yeah. about werewolves I'm
1: gonna wear a pair of dolphin shorts so think about that. <laughs> One size too small. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, we've also got update nineteen. This is the last part of this uh, whole bit here. Update nineteen. We all know it's free. It's a free base game update. Okay. It arrives oh, alongside. He said.
1: He said free base. Free That's base. bad. Drugs are bad and cush. <laughs>
0: Shut up. Uh, alongside this arrives alongside the, the Wolf Hunter DLC. Uh, this update includes an all-new Battlegrounds map, AVA Editions, and uh, all kinds of other goodies. So this Battleground is... This is actually kind of a monumental moment, if you will, for ESL. It's called... Est- Est- oh, gosh, I'm going to pull this. Estiris Outpost? Astyris? Astyris, okay. You're nailing him. three for three today. Whoo. Whew. What about... hen I, No, I think I'm two for three. I missed the Haynu. The, hey the Jesus. Uh, so, <laughs> located along Cyrodiil's southwest border... Uh, this is the lore for this, by the way. The outpost features fortified stone structures and walls that, would, that should seem familiar to those who fight in the Alliance War. However, IO has some unique twists that set it apart from other arenas. First, this map is only... Semi-symmetrical, meaning how you navigate the arena will differ depending on your team. So from what I'm gathering, basically where we spawn at, wherever our team spawns, it's going to alter the way that we play the map. Second, and quite frankly, the biggest addition to this, and just ESO in general, for the first time ever, we can use our mounts. Shut up. Our freaking mounts. Mounts. Awesome. That means I'm, it's massive. Uh, yeah. Well, I love this too because how hard is it, man? I mean, when you are a stam built and you're sucking stam trying to get to a point of contention in these battlegrounds and you're out by the time you get there. Or maybe you get jumped when you're not expecting it. You know, you were going to start saving yeah. stam as you enter this battle, but you're you get you get ganked. I mean, you're screwed.
1: That's me every single battleground, and <laughs> shot in the back. Yep. You know, my question to this is: I wonder if they put a base speed on everybody's mount. You know, because say that you was have, my question. yeah, I, I would imagine that's probably going to be the case. Because that could totally end up being a pay-to-win situation. Oh, If absolutely. somebody has a super fast mount at you know say sub fifty PVP, and they just go and buy a bunch of scrolls to make their mount super fast so i bet you they gate it down to where it's a a governed
0: speed for everybody it'd have to be that way or it would no like you said i mean it would no longer be competitive it would be paying to win so it yeah they would absolutely have to do that being said please introduce a warsong gulch-esque uh (laughs) battleground to eso please (laughs) Ooh, cross the line cross (laughs) it's a good battleground what it's good you cross the line
1: i did it was i would like to see a much like a a longer battleground
0: i would too something bigger kind of like
1: an alterac valley type thing Ooh, now you're talking dirty so
0: lore-breaking. breaking it is but man a breeze like
1: alterac valley where's that i gotta try and look that up on the google box (laughs)
0: it's from world of warcraft and it was a really fun one it was fun man if they can capture stuff like that oh gosh i mean we're already here we're set you know like we're not going anywhere believe it or not some people think we're leaving no we're not leaving dag nabbit we're staying here
1: everybody's like everybody right after we said alter valley everybody's like hey dummy we have a little something called zero with two eyes." Oh, that's true. I know. I get it. Just saying. That's true. I like PvP now. Yeah, I know.
0: We like now. Now you're now we're talking PvP. You're going to get this from us. So anyway, uh, we got some alliance war changes as well. They are introducing a new item called Keep Recall Stones. These stones give you and your fellow warriors the ability to traverse Cyrodiil like never before. Thank Uh, God.
1: I was in there the other day. We were doing the, um, we were doing the Imperial City, mm-hmm. uh, the sewers, mm-hmm. and um, we were just hunting for shards and Telvar stones and whatnot. And I had to make a hasty log out, so I did a hasty log out. Log back in, I was dead. Which, yeah, whatever. So, I resurrect, and then I have to try and get back to the mainland Tamriel. <laughs> to go to trials in a timely fashion, it was not happening
0: <laughs> so can't, why didn't you just why did you just travel to the guild member you cannot, cannot you can't oh cannot that's right. do
1: that from Cyrodiil.
0: and you can't so, you can't volunteer I haven't been to Cyrodiil for quite some time and so you can't just choose a way shrine that you have unlocked and go there
1: no sir no sir oh. you have to go to a way shrine within Cyrodiil... To get to the main way shrine in a keep that you own, and then you can pour it out of Cyrodiil. Mm. Unless there's some other whiz bang way that I didn't know of, it took me a good ten minutes to figure it out and get out of there. Because, like oh. I said, I'm not, I'm not a, I am not i am not i do not play. I mean, we've jumped into battlegrounds, yes, but I don't play. <laughs> Cyrodiil quite yet. So it was, uh, it was comical. I was like laughing, just going, "This game is so massive that it takes forever to get from one point to another." In this, in the mass that is Cyrodiil I'm sure. Which before you finish no that complaints. sentence
0: I'm sure before you finish that sentence, someone's already sent us an email detailing us. I know. Someone's already type, You
1: <laughs> are such <laughs> an idiot. Period. Space. Oh, capital. Man. Why didn't you figure this out a long time ago? I'm going to teach you how to do it, period, space, return, number one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh,
0: man. So there's yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Update 19 <laughs> is also a reintroducing keep degradation uh, and condenses both the levels for keeps and resources. And last but not least, as far as Alliance War is concerned, new a v a and battleground rewards are coming I'm excited about this as well as including the gladiator costume in all new battleground outfit styles sweet i'm so excited i love the battleground stu- the styles that that we have there there's I'll tell you what there is uh a, a was it horn something horned I forget which, if it's that or it's Scale color. I think it's Scale color we talked about where it's got the actual lore books for the chess pieces. Oh, yeah. I saw that the other day, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. So, there's that. Now, final part here. I know I said that before, but this truly is the final part. The base game updates. We are finally getting some seriously needed quality of life improvements. Number one updated respect system shut up this includes when you reset your skill points you are you know you shut up you are able to remove skills oh. indiv- <laughs> individually and are not forced to re-add all of them from scratch much like how you respect your champion points you can clear all your skill points like normal if desired but this new system will mean that if you only want to make a small change to your character's abilities. You can. Dude.
1: Yes, that would be very good. Hey, and next bullet point. Look at the next bullet point. Dual specking. Awesome. Dual spec.
0: That's not on there, you dirty. What? That's not on there? Oh, no dual specking. That really... You know, now that you say that, (laughs) I mean, how... That that would be pretty nice, to be honest. It would be awesome.
1: I just won the internet with that, by the way. Let's reiterate... I was just kidding there is no dual specking coming up that's me being a real jerk
0: <laughs> and q emails uh last but not least, werewolves have been updated, so broad improvements and changes to how the werewolf skill line plays with update nineteen these change, These changes <laughs> place an emphasis on improving their ferocity. And momentum, because that's oh. what they need against light armor. Yeah, because they, they totally need they, that.
1: That sounds like a great freaking idea.
0: And they affect both the skill line's passive and active abilities. Here's my favorite part. I can already see my, my light armored sork dying. Uh, Blood Rage passive, it will now increase the duration of your transformation when you deal damage instead of when you take it. Oh, and by the way, the Roar active ability, it's now an instant cast.
1: Oh, so now all basically they have to do is run up to my clothie and breathe on his face and, and I die. <laughs> and then once I die, you feed on my corpse and oh, get man. even stronger for the next kill. That sounds it's, awesome. It's
0: true. For us light armors, man, werewolves are oh. our bane, dude. They are our bane. Well, oh. I'm
1: not kidding you. I, I'm not kidding you. I have no shame as a as a clothie because I, I play a sork in PvP. I have mm-hmm. zero shame, and when I see a, a werewolf coming towards me, I turn around and frickin run. <laughs> I will hide.
0: I'm out. Screw dude. you heard saying about?
1: <laughs> this, there's nothing I'm going to do against that dude. I'm you know yeah. more of like a utility class, and I'm stand in the rear with the gear and lob fire. yeah, but when I see a werewolf coming and when it's toe to toe, yeah, I have zero chance of winning. Yeah
0: I have tried and tried and tried as a light armor. I went into this pulling all the best cooldowns, throwing everything I had. there you just, there's nothing you can do. You just, I mean, there is. You're going to die, and you just have to sit there and take it.
1: <laughs> Jibs has all the best cooldowns.
0: I have all the best cooldowns.
1: He's so hot right now. Jibs, so hot.
0: Uh, so yeah. If you got here, so that that's all for. Oh, by the way, uh, class changes are coming based on apparently community feedback. We won't know what these are until the patch notes are live, so we'll probably be going over that at some point. But uh, anyway, so that's it. That's a lot of information. Here's what. So here's what we want to know: uh, Werewolf, the whole DLC, Wolf Hunter DLC, and Update 19. What are your opinions, and do you have any questions? So here's what we want you to do: while you're listening, maybe pause the show, maybe you on your lunch break, whatever it is, call us and leave us your voicemails. We'll play them live on the show. We like it. We'll play it. 765-382-6961. So, whew, that was a meaty news lesson, I guess, for the the first episode of Volume 2. Well, um, we've been away. We've been away a little bit. Yeah, we we have been away for a little bit. Speaking of, I heard you learned a new spell. I have yet to see this.
1: Oh, uh, I'm going to...
0: I'm going to blow your mind right now. You're going to blow my mind right now. Yep. You ready? Well, it's only you, me, and the animals out here. So enlighten me. Show me. Impress me. Well, I,
1: I basically learned how to dip back into lore books that I've discovered.
0: Shut up. No, you haven't.
1: And I Yes. And I don't necessarily carry them all with me. We're on the road. Lightly packed.
0: Mm, I but like
1: I do this. know how to summon... My lore books.
0: Okay. Stand back.
1: Stand right. back. Here we go.
0: Right. All right. Okay. What do you well, think? I sit corrected. <laughs> you can stand. Well, well done. Well, I'm not going to clap for you. You're not you're never going to get that from me. All right. Well, well done. I'm impressed. Good. So, all right, is this the lore lesson now? Is this what you've summoned?
1: This is, buddy. Okay. We're the, well, we're giving the prophet a break. The Old man's got bad hips. It's true,
0: and quite frankly, yep, being invited to a dark cave every week was slightly, uh, you know, discouraging.
1: Well, he would come to us and creep us out, but <laughs> we told him that he can uh, he can just be retired. It's no problem. You go do your thing. You go we fishing. Tamriel's version of AARP. Yeah, you're taking great you care go, of him in a home right now. <laughs> You go buy your retirement place up in Malibal Tor and we'll handle it from here, old boy. <laughs> we got Prime estate right now in Rivenspire. That's right. It's a that's really right. lively place. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about necromancy?
0: Oh, dude, I'm so ready.
1: Enlighten so me. So we will be covering, at random times, the different schools of magic. Ooh. So in lore lesson 19, this is our 19th lore lesson. Mm -hmm. we wanted to hit necromancy and the reason being is because it it's getting talked about a lot. There's maybe it's because we're like looking for more information on it and stuff because jibs and I, as we talked about are very big proponents of a true necromancer class. Now, whatever your feelings are on the subject, if you're for it, awesome. If you're not, I don't care. We're going to talk about it anyway because we're, (laughs) We're kind of fanboys for it. And, you know, so there are some people like, oh, yeah, well, it wouldn't be lore centric and it'd be too much like the Sork. And so, yeah, we get all that stuff. But knowing Zoss and how creative they are, how creative they are, there's no doubt in my mind that they could pull this off. Uh,
0: It's we've never
1: heard anything of it other than just a speculation of our own wants and slash needs. Um, So don't, you know, think that we know anything because we don't. Uh, it just sounds really cool. though. So let's talk about what it is. And you definitely run into it all over the place in every single Elder Scrolls game. Well, mages across Tamriel have attempted to uncover the secrets of something called the Animus. Now, the Animus is nothing more than a soul in some form or another. And the mystery behind this force is not currently known. And as a matter of fact, it's really thought to be unknowable as it's said to be, it, it's rumored to transcend the limits of, of the living. So it's no different than the world we live in today where nobody truly knows what happens to one's soul when you die and you depart the earth. Well, in Tamriel, it's that's still true, but... Mages don't necessarily need to know the secrets of the afterlife in order to tap into the energy of the afterlife, if that makes sense. Hmm. So like students of, say, the Conjuration School of Magic, they can harvest what's known as the white souls of lesser creatures, like animals, for instance, or goblins or something like that. But necromancy, as an arcane art, actually delves into the realm of harvesting the black souls of mortal beings. So you may want to wash yourself off with bleach after I talk about this because it's really freaking evil. But it's super <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yay. Okay, the so um necromancy is kind of known as an immoral school. The dark arts is what it's known as. And it involves the actual manipulations of the souls of the, or the souls or the corpses of the dead. Mm-hmm. So some consider necromancy to be a subset of the school of conjuration as it requires summoning spirits. But like we just talked about, white versus black, you're actually in the dark arts, you're actually tapping into the powers of oblivion. Mm-hmm. So what this involves is binding the spirit to a vessel in a physical form in which the necromancer has prepared ahead of time. Don't worry. Ooh. I will explain. It goes really deep. I was
0: we really like like unexpected, unexpectedly uh, surprised.
1: Um, I was really surprised and happy about the information that's out there on the details of how this is performed. Oh. And I'm also glad that I researched it during the day.
0: <laughs> because nightmares.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Most Tamrielic cultures believe that necromancy contradicts the natural process of life and death and it violates the sanctity of the spirit. Okay. So most cultures consider necromancy immoral and illegal. Hmm. Now, this doesn't mean that it's deterred anybody from performing the practice, uh, particularly for use in times of war and conflict. So most necromancers utilize a very, very heavy Daedric influence in their in their necromancy. Most notably, like, um, that from the Daedric Prince of Molag Bal. He is also known as the father of vampires. He's very, very well pronounced in the game that we play. Um, and you all know that vampires are basically undead beings who have a very heightened affinity for the practice of raising the dead. Mm-hmm. So... There's no doubt that necromancy has a direct tie to the Daedric Prince Molak ball. Right. So a lot of magical circles have widely debated this. Now, there's advocates of necromancy, and then there are opponents of necromancy. So the advocates of necromancy see it as a necessary evil to combat the evil practitioners of the very same discipline, which I thought was very interesting. I'm going to practice necromancy in order to deter you from practicing necromancy. I'm like, that is freaking blasphemy. If there is ever blasphemy. Right. Made I me don't... laugh. I was like, okay, whatever. I don't understand how works, into.
0: but all right. Yeah.
1: On the other hand, there's the opponents of necromancy and they see it, as we talked about before, as a, a pure violation of, of caution and ethics. And therefore they believe it should be reserved only for the most trusted and wise mages and only for the use of combating the dark practice by lesser, experienced, dumber mages, basically. Like, mm. hey, dum dumb head, you shall not, because you suck at it, <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna freaking overrun us. All right. Um So they believe the proponents believe that studying necromancy is just too or is too extreme to be utilized, and it's unwise. Because it virtually guarantees the eventual destruction of the practitioner. And the reason we will get to. But necromancy by nature draws the attention of magic practitioners of all different types of paths. And it's usually the ones with the sinister pursuit of power. Most novice necromancers require a fresh corpse. This is where we get into details. Most of the beginners require a fresh corpse usually within about three days of death whereas masters of necromancy can reanimate subjects that have been dead for a long long time the best mage mages out there can revive entire armies of the undead as long as they have the resources and when i mean resources you need a bunch of freaking dead bodies in order to do it because huh. they got to do it they got to do it you know one at a time or i don't know batch summoning or however they do it but Mm -hmm. so for the untested mage attempting to reanimate a dead corpse may lead to a break in the master minion relationship causing the undead minion to turn on its summoner Hmm. for this reason crypts and dungeons across Tamriel have been sealed off so uh, the reason they've been sealed off is just to contain the hordes of the undead that have been raised within their walls waiting for an unsuspecting adventurer such as you or me So many necromancers claim to have some sort of scientific basis for their experimentation within the dead or experimentation with the dead, while others just want the raw power. Some dabble in the practice just to resurrect a a loved one, but true resurrection in its truest form has really never been possible. Hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the resurrection of minions. The resurrection of a personal minion has been a common practice of necromancers, and the ability of the servant to follow its summoner's directions is really directly related to the necromantic servant's intelligence in life. So, basically, all that means is if you're trying to resurrect a corpse that was a real dumbass in life, he's probably <laughs> going to be even dumber when you resurrect him to be your minion. Right? Yeah. Yeah, true dad. So if you, you know, so, uh, say you have some sort of scholar or, you know, some type of a very smart politician and then that guy kicks the bucket and you try and resurrect him to be your minion, you're probably going to have a little better chance of him following your directions and not wanting to turn around and eat your face. Oh, okay. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of taking
0: it. So, so what you're saying is they should resurrect me and totally avoid you. Oh my God, you seriously said that.
1: i mean because sometimes like some stupid crap comes out of your mouth and i think that was one of those times but yeah i mean if that's what makes you sleep better at night then yeah whatever so now skeletons seem to be a very popular target for necromancers because you don't have to do a ton to prepare them but you still have to do some so skeletons are are liked because they're very they're fast in battle. I mean they have very low wind resistance obviously. But the problem is is they're incredibly fragile and they can only be resurrected once before being destroyed for good. And I kind of like that that's was that that's in the lore because we all know it's pretty dang easy to kill a skeleton. You ever tried to hit a skeleton from like 500 yards away with your bow in Skyrim?
0: Yeah, that's like one of the proudest moments of your life when you can actually do it.
1: Yeah, but when you do, even from that distance, they just shatter. Just right. boom. Just explode. Gone. One shot. <laughs> so, And we all know that you know skeletons as a resurrected being is done so because of necromancy. So it kind of all ties together. When you read the lore stuff, it's like, man, this all ties together. And like every game I've ever played, and there's always skeletons. And they're easy to kill. And I love it. Right. So other targets in necromancy, such as like a decaying corpse, can be raised as a zombie minion, but there must be preparation taken in order to preserve the stability of the vessel. Oh. Here's where the details come in. Okay. Mummification of the corpse is often used, uh-huh. or fastening of leather straps in joint areas in order to reinforce unliving flesh. Oh. So... You have to prepare your stuff And that's what they're talking about And they say necromancers have to take the time to prepare the vessel Before bringing it up Because say you have a skeleton Nothing's mm-hmm. holding that thing together So you reanimate it and bring it back to life And it just falls apart
0: uh, See what I, I mean? Kind of simple,
1: kind of complicated mm. And then Here's a very important little fun fact Jibs.
0: Mm.
1: Cryomancers which you and I just ran into, dude. I didn't know these existed in exist- a certain mansion, which we are going to get to later. Yes, but you and I ran into cryomancers in Reaper's March. So yep. they have been known to conjure frost around a human corpse and then imbue the spirit into the frost itself. Really smart, actually. Uh, yeah, super cool because that also tied into more lore, and I was like, ah, we just ran into that. It's super cool. Come on out, have a yep. beer. It's Listening really to cool. The episode, It'll be fun. You're gonna like it, right? Okay, now now for the actual fun fact: liches or undead necromancers, terrifying in itself, become so by placing their soul into a phylactery, such as a jar or chest. The only way to truly destroy a lich is to destroy the phylactery itself. Or the Lich is free to resurrect at will. I have run plenty of quests where you have to... You kill the Lich and you have to kill the Flactory. I'm like, okay. Lore. I dig it. Hmm. So most Liches were once very powerful and intelligent necromancers in life. And then in death, they become an undead necromancer. And many times they can control an undead army within a tomb of some sort. How many uh, of those have we been in dude, in general?
0: Yeah. Uh, I tell you what. I, I have somewhat of a fascination with the liches. I just think they're so a gnarly and, you know, they got the whole look and they're scary, but on top of that, they are usually, I mean, especially if it's in like a dungeon, they are bosses. I mean, they're it's always like a formidable opponent. So I i dig it. Yeah. yep,
1: yeah. They're fun to kill. Yeah. Okay. So in previous lore lessons, you remember that the Sigic Order was among the first magical circles to outlaw the practice of necromancy. They mm-hmm. said, oh, it's dangerous, it's it, you know, it's heretical. Cool. You may also remember that the origin story of Vanus Galarian and his quest to stop his good buddy and colleague, Manamarco, from continuing his pursuit of becoming a powerful necromancer, Galarian failed, and then he later ended up forming the Majors Guild, which also banned the practice of necromancy. Little bit more into Manamarco's... Um, foray into necromancy. So, as we know today, the dark practice is said to have begun with marco, and that's the dark practice itself. It's his his form of necromancy. So, he was also known as the King of Worms. Mm-hmm. Marco was a very successful as an as a necromancer, and although he was deterred by mortal beings. He was never truly afraid of them. The only thing that Marco has been known to be afraid of is the wrath of R.K. So R.K., whose blessings serve to inhibit and thwart necromantic attempts, offered something called R.K.'s law. R.K.'s law, when applied correctly, would give a corpse impenetrable protections against being reanimated, which basically means if this ritual is performed correctly upon this being's death, you cannot reanimate the corpse. So Manamarco, knowing this, directed his followers to defy RK at every single turn in hopes of destroying his influence in Tamriel altogether. I wonder how that worked out
0: for him. <laughs> <laughs> not no, very well, no spoilers,
1: well, but, no spoilers yeah. <laughs> but not very well. Unless you suck as a player. Then it might have gone up,
0: <laughs> Unless you've already unsubbed out of rage. <laughs> right.
1: Okay, so regions of necromantic affluency, there are some different, I never would have considered this, but there's areas of Tamriel where necromancy is easier or harder to, to do. Um, huh. They all have their share of necromantic influence, but because of like environmental and political impacts on the practice, um, I went and picked some of the best ones to talk about. The first one is Cyrodiil with two eyes. (laughs) So at certain times in history, the region of Cyrodiil itself held some sort of loose legality in the practice of necromancy. The Empire, slimy bastards, they've been known to actually hire. Did I say that out loud? Sorry, sometimes stuff just comes out. So the Empire itself has been known at times to actually hire necromancers to scientifically pursue the arts, to learn more about them, even providing corpses of traitors and criminals for them to study. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's some sinister I crap. Didn't, right?
0: I, dude, I dig that. That's, wow. Okay. That's terrible. All right. <laughs> all right. So, all
1: right. During the period of ESO in the Second Era, the Mages Guild clearly outlawed necromancy um, and they were banished from the Imperial City in order for the Order of the Black Worm to be allowed to practice. I was like, okay. Mm. That's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Madame Marco, you bastard. So during the Merithic Era, the Aelids... Yes. Yes, we will talk about the Aelids. Give us some time. Aliads are really the long-lost elves of Cyrodiil, but during the Merithic era, they were known to have a very strong affinity for necromancy, and they utilized undead armies in protecting themselves. Mm-hmm. So the practice was thought to be as a result of agreements made with Daedric princes like Molag Bal, but um, particularly infamous for directing hordes of uh, undone, or undead creatures at his enemies. So that's still kind of speculation whether that uh, that's how the aliens did it but they were said to have ties with Molekpa. Hmm. this one was pretty interesting black marsh so black marsh as we know very very harsh environment mm-hmm. and uh, it turns out that corpses decay rather quickly in the black marsh because it's hot and sticky
0: you it. Mm. so
1: it makes it makes necromancy difficult down there but the slowed in particular have been known to practice the dark arts in the region of course near they the have. coastlines yes
0: because slowed
1: <laughs> yeah and yep. if i didn't hate slowed before after being in cloud rest for quite a, a bit now yeah i really hate the slowed
0: yeah i mean gnarly burn them with fire am i right yeah, whatever you get, whatever it takes this one was interesting. Elsewhere. The home of the
1: Khajiit. Khajiit. Now, this land is known to be quite fruitful for necromancers. Why? Well, because first of all, the Khajiit could give a crap less about uncovered gravesites. And apparently, they've even been known to sell corpses in the port city of Senchal.
0: <laughs> of course they have. I know. Uh, like, of course hmm. they have.
1: What are you looking for? This one has wares. This one stinks. Take it off my hands. I'll give it to you cheap. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I kind of laughed at that. And then also the arid climates in parts of the region help with the preservation of the corpses. And the way that corpses are buried in elsewhere under stones in Khajiti culture makes procuring vessels for necromancy kind of easy. So elsewhere, very good for necromancy. Hammerfell. This one was pretty cool. So the Red Guards, not only are they averse to any forms of magic, but necromancy in particular. Oh, and
0: yeah,
1: the reason are. being is because they have a very strong connection to their fallen kin. So anybody that messes with the corpses of the dead really pisses off the Red Guards. Yeah. And I don't know about you. We've already talked about them in a lore lesson. I would not want to face a pissed off Red Guard.
0: Have you actually played the uh, Redguard or the Alakir Desert storyline yet? No, sir, I have not. You need to go play it after doing this because Necromancy plays an integral part of that storyline, and you are right. They don't just hate it. They furiously, passionately hate it. It is a complete disservice to their fallen kin. and. Just the idea of it just infuriates them beyond compare.
1: Let me ask you this. Does it have anything to do with a exiled Redguard tribe called Shaba?
0: Maybe, maybe not. No comment. Yes. Wink. So
1: next, par- next part of this of Necromancy and Hammerfell is the Ashaba. They're a nomadic sect dedicated mm-hmm. to the vanquishing of any and all undead. Mm -hmm. And they spend a very nomadic lifestyle as exiles from traditional Red Guard society Mm -hmm. by purifying. They just travel around purifying mausoleums and destroying any undead they
0: encounter. Yeah. When you are in Ashaba, you are looked at differently in Red Guard society. It is very, um, it's like a noble sacrifice, if you will, I guess, in a way. That's a great um, way to put it. In the, in the eyes of the red Guard. it's. I tell you what, seriously, I'm going to have to go play that Alakir Desert line again because that's getting to get me all jazzed up. But yeah, good good stuff. I want to get too jazzed. We're not done yet. Okay. Okay, uh, so here's a little fun fact for you.
1: Orcish corpses are particularly sought after by necromancers for their durable frames, tough skin, and strong bones. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at this part, too. Of course they are. In the Third Era, a group of necromancers actually tried to procure a trade deal for orcish corpses with Orsinium. There's no further information on what became of the potential buyers. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh, man. That's got to be a good story. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, Grognak not sell you any orc corpses. Me eat you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and that's where the story ended because that's where they <laughs> yep
1: stringy okay Valenwood this one I don't I like them all so whatever It's why I picked them okay Valenwood despite their cannibalistic tendencies in strict accordance with the Green Pact which we also covered on a previous lore lesson the Bosmer of Valenwood are known to have a fanatical intolerance for necromancy Valenwood is typically a very difficult place to practice necromancy due to the lack of available corpses. Huh. I'm waiting for your laughter.
0: <laughs> was that good?
1: Didn't anybody get that? The green pact, the cannibals. <gasps> no, oh, very,
0: yeah. Not very many available corpses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get it now. I'm sorry, lawled. it took me a minute. I That's lawled. yes. Yeah, So
1: oh, a little That's bit funny. more about the aliens, um, the aliens in Valenwood. History holds that they that the ones who lived in Valenwood in times past actually established the city of Hectaheim over a site of immense power. The heart of Valenwood is what it was called. So an unknown necromancer. Why is unknown? I don't know ended up distorting the power found at Hectaheim and raised an entire undead horde so powerful that the city was sealed off just to contain the evil. What? This area is available to explore in the Elder Scrolls online. Ooh, I'm going to go check it out. Yes. I looked it up. I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to go there and do that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of cool. I think it's in green shade. Sorry, no.
0: I feel like I've ran by that. I've just never investigated. I'm gonna to to go check that out again. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, that uh, that ends the lore lesson on necromancy. And like I was saying before, regardless of your personal take on it, it's a really cool topic of discussion. And there there are people talking about it. And there's you know for and against actually getting the necromancer class uh, in the game because they do have they have done some pretty innovative things. And there are, like, you know, there's soul leeching stuff in a lot of the different classes and a lot of the different skill lines for the classes. So they've really done a good job of intermixing some of these disciplines into the classes. Um, You know, there's soul magic and stuff that that every character gets. So I don't know if they would ever put in a true necromancer class. Please. But it sure would be freaking cool.
0: There's so many things you could do. I'll be honest. I, I didn't know before this lore lesson I didn't know there was so much work that was involved and so much more depth to a necromancer than just oh yeah yeah they work with the dead yeah remember like they work with Wormwood and all those staffs and all that yeah 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 but no there's there's a there is a definitely a dedication there that I didn't realize existed and I really feel like I'm gonna say it again they could totally do something with that in Elder Scrolls Online and it definitely needs to happen yes they could Well, time will tell, my friend. Mm, That's true. Well, well done. Well done, my friend. First time back in a couple weeks. Well done. All right, everybody. Well, we hope you enjoyed the very first episode, Volume 2 of the Lore Seekers Podcast. And if you did, head on over to iTunes, give us a five-star review for every five-star review that we get. We give you guys some love on the show. Now I know actually a lot of you are listening. You know, it doesn't matter where you listen from, but if you're using iTunes, let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review. I know a lot of you use Stitcher. That's awesome. I use Stitcher, it's good stuff. Um, but anyway, five star review shout-outs. King Chris20 says, Awesome stuff here, guys. I just started listening as I just happened to find you through searching Elder Scrolls in the podcast app. Love the lore of the Elder Scrolls. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Me too! Thanks for joining us, Chris. Agreed. Uh, Impact Works says this podcast is all about ESO, which makes it intrinsically sweet and worth five stars by itself. But once I listen to it, that's when the magic happened. Oh, that's nice. The Lore of Secrets podcast is such a welcome addition to the ESO community. ESO is an amazingly deep rich game that has somewhat of an intimidating learning curve for new players. The Lore Seekers podcast touches on all areas of the game and does not skip the beginner information that will greatly assist those new players in discovering Tamriel. Good job, guys. Keep up the good work, man. Thank you. Yeah, that was a really cool review. You know, he mentioned something in there
1: that, that um, really pulls my heartstrings and that is the ESO community. Yeah. I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've hands down never been part of a better mmo community yeah um yeah there's douches they're out there but for the most part when you put yourself in touch with folks i guess most especially the streamers and we have a couple of them with us um i think we got three of them that are are streaming pretty regularly with lore seekers and that's uh toy box uh lotus and then orchide and they're just good, solid people. They have they have good content. Their streams are clean, um, and they just they do all kinds of stuff. Just Lotus, Lotus of Doom, just this past weekend. Yeah, that
0: shout out. Yeah,
1: had a um, he was part of a conglomerate that did a stream for one of their friends who was battling cystic fibrosis, and they brought in a ton of action. And they brought in some good funds for her. And Zoss kicked down a bunch of stuff for them to give away on their stream. Yeah. And uh, Jibs and I have always been about charity. We've always been um, supporters of Extra Life and we will be doing some Extra Life events coming up. Yep. But it's just so nice to see that the demographic of gaming, how how it's changing and it's allowing philanthropic philanthropic people to get in and play these games with us and just show that despite whatever's going on in this world, you can be good humans and I'll get off that soapbox, but man, what a great community to be a part
0: of. I agree hundred percent. It's a community I'm proud to be a part of. It's good people. Uh, call a show. Leave us your voicemails. We want to bring back the mail carrier. Here's out and about. Don't, don't think he's gone. He's uh, probably actually trying to find us. Actually, right now he probably thinks we're a attack. He's a but freaking stalker. He'll find us. It's He's pretty good, actually, at what he does. He's good at stalking. <laughs> but uh, anyway, call us, uh, 765-382-6961. Uh, leave us a voicemail with your questions, and we'll play it live on the show. Try to keep it to a minute or less, if possible. Or you can email us, which a lot of you take advantage of, podcast at gmail.com. You can also visit loreseekerspodcast.com. At the bottom of the homepage, there is a quick little, I guess, little uh, contact me form that sends right to our inbox. You got that there as well. Cash, we have a guild, bro.
1: Yes, we do. Come and be part of us. We have an outstanding guild at the Lore Seekers uh, Guild. You can join us by visiting loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild, download Discord, join our Discord server, and then you type in forward slash apply in the Apply to Guild channel And we will take a look at your application. And as long as you pass our very strict tests of not being a douchery bag, we'll let you in. You can (laughs) hang with us. And we play. We play. You will see us in Discord. (laughs) We're in there. You can pop in and say, hey, dumbass. And we'll go, hey, dumbass. (laughs) And then we'll play. We'll go run a battleground together.
0: It's pretty fun. (laughs) We don't call each
1: other dumbasses, though. We're very friendly.
0: Yeah, we're we're very friendly. We actually do have rules. You cannot see that in our channel. So there's a, or uh, on the podcast, I guess. Or on the podcast. Thank you for the edits. <laughs> uh, so, edits. yeah. Anyway, yeah, come join the guild. We'd love to meet you. Love to talk with you. Even if you don't play, we have people who joined that don't play ESO, that they listen to the show and they just want to come hang out. You're totally more than welcome to do that as well. Uh, if you're playing Skyrim, Morrowind, whatever, we want to chit-chat with you. You can follow, find this show Anywhere podcasts are available. We're on Spotify. We're pretty proud of that. Type in Elder Scrolls online, and we're the first podcast to show up. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are available for free. We are there. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jibs IRL, Cash at Mog Cash with a K, and most importantly, the show at Lore Seekers Cast. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back next week. For episode two of volume two of the Lore Seekers podcast. Have a great week. See ya. Delete,
1: Oh, that too. Delete, delete. Hey, Lore Seeker. Thanks for sticking around with us. It's uh, it's actually nice to have some company out here. It's creepy. So, uh, let me turn some pages here real quick. Have you heard the story of the vile manse? It's a big, creepy mansion in the North part of Reaper's March. No. Well, uh, during Jibs and I's trek south, we happened upon this mansion. I had heard stories from the locals of some wizard by the name of Krakus. That he had gone insane and slaughtered an entire Bosmeri town in search of some stupid book. Well, of course, (laughs) Jibs and I decided to check it out because if the book is that important, this has got to be some kind of a coveted relic. Uh,
0: Agreed. We don't normally get ourselves in danger. Well, okay. Yeah, we do. I mean, look what happened. But that being said, this relic was said to be incredibly powerful and we wanted to add it to our collection. So, was it real? Why wouldn't we try it, right? And quite frankly, we couldn't resist. So, I guess what we didn't realize was just how powerful the artifact was and the perils we'd face locating it. So, this mansion, right? We start
1: exploring it, and we find several notes from this Gracchus dude. It turns out the mansion sits atop this massive cavern system. So naturally... We decided to head in. Dumb, I know. So we find this tome. <laughs> Don't you laugh at me. <laughs> it's your fault for following.
0: Well, I'm an easy follower.
1: <laughs> so we find this tome. And it's not necessarily the one we're looking for, but something incredible happens.
0: It, it, it really did. And quite frankly, it's, I, it still bothers me when I sleep. Uh, so there's this guy or gal, I guess, depending on what form they choose, uh, Daedric Prince called Hermaeus Moira. And, yeah, he's the Daedric Prince of knowledge and memory, but, uh... Guess who popped out of this, uh, little mysterious tome? This thing was a spherical shape of black smoke with writhing tentacles and dozens of eyes. And quite frankly, I wasn't expecting that, so that was kind of f- frightening, actually. And surrounding one huge eye... In the middle, comes out of this books and starts talking to us. So I was like, all right. And quite frankly, <laughs> I really don't want to go back in that house after that.
1: But this this is true debt. This is a true story. Hermaeus Mora himself offered us the very tome we were seeking. The tome is called Agma Infinium. Now, the only way we could get this tome is if we would survive the depths of the mansion... And defeat Gracchus. So it turns out Gracchus was still alive. And he was
0: right below our feet. I know, right? So that's what we did. And here's the one thing we weren't expecting, though. was the pure amount of evil in that place. I mean, like, beyond necromancy, which we just talked about. The manse was full of these frost necromancers. Cryomancers. Yeah. I would even call them as you know a step above normal necromancy. Those guys are pretty pretty red. They uh, they had summoned all sorts of, I guess you'd say, frozen skeletons and frost atronachs and their leaders that we had to burn down before we finally reached a massive cavern where the old Bosmeri city had been collapsed. And that's when you know we had to face Gracchus himself.
1: So we find this crazy wizard in the middle of some ritual, right? So he sees us turns around, and then lo and behold, he freaking attacks us. So luckily for us, we were ready to go. So Jibs almost bought it. Until my matriarch launches a clutch heel and saves his butt. Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah, that's not at all how that happened, mind you. But yeah, we did manage to melt Grox's face. And let's just say he's not looking for any books anymore.
1: There it was, sitting on an altar the Agma Infineum. So all I can picture is the price this freaking book is going to pull through the reliquary. We would be set for life.
0: Yeah, and that's not at all how it happened. May I remind you? Hermaeus shows up and thanks us for protecting his relic, then casts it back in his realm of Apocrypha. And for us, uh, you know, he takes it for safekeeping. So yeah, no relic for us.
1: So he wasn't that deceiving anyway. He did give us a tome, just not the one that we risked our butts for.
0: It was called the Discourse Amaranthine. And it was actually a pretty awesome relic itself. And, uh, so you know, we didn't leave him to hand it.
1: So I guess it was worth the delve into that place. And we actually ended up rescuing the last Bosmeri Spinner from that town that he wiped out in the process. So I guess it was worth the risk.
0: Mm-hmm. You know us, my friend. Always risking life and rim, limb for the oppressed. And relics. Yeah, that too. Well, that was that. And then we kept heading south. We're still not entirely sure where we're headed, but we know there's much more that we uh, we plan to check out.
1: Yep. And if there's treasure or trouble to be found, you can be sure we're going to run right into it.